knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Bolshevika, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. And at the same time, Noble Abhulgateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shankara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita. Addressed in this way, noble Abhulgateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, to the Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no cessation. There is no decrease, no purity. There is no decrease, no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, an emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness, datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death. No end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times, by means of Prajnaparamita, fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth, since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One rose from that samadhi and praised noble Abhulgateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. The Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and noble Abhulgateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its humans, Asuras and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One.
So when we look at the outline of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa that is commenting on Atisha's lamp for the path to enlightenment, uh, we find the various categories. And in the beginning, there are four points in an outline. And the last point is uh, uh, how to train training uh, students in the actual instructions or train in, uh, training in the instructions. So uh, how to lead st uh, students to the stages of the actual instructions. So it begins with how to rely upon a teacher that is a root of the path. And then the next section is uh, one, the stages of practice once uh, one has relied upon that teacher. Uh, and under uh, that section of the stages of practice of once one has relied upon the teacher, we find an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, uh, and then the actual way to take uh, advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. And when we get into the way to take advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, we get into the different categories of training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of great capacity. Uh, so now we're currently dealing under the section heading training the mind in the stages of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, and that begins with an outline format of three, three points or three categories uh, uh, of instruction, uh, developing the actual thought of a person of small capacity, the measure of that 
thought of person of small capacity and then uh, dispelling any misconceptions uh, related to a person of small capacity. Uh, so then when we get to that uh, first point, the actual training of a thought of a person of small capacity, there are two categories. Uh, developing a state of mind uh, uh, that strives diligently for the sake of future lives. Uh, and then the second point, uh, the reliance upon a means or the reliance upon a method of achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, so we've gone through those categories up to the reliance on the means or the reliance on method for achieving happiness in one's next life. Uh, and that section then uh, begins with two major categories. The first major category uh, being uh, refuge, uh, going uh, the training and refuge, the excellent gateway into the instruction. Uh, and then the second point that's made, developing a faith and conviction <coughs> in uh, karma and its results. Uh, so those are the two categories. Uh, and we're currently now dealing with the uh, uh, first category of refuge. So when we look at the section on refuge, it's broken down uh, into four categories initially and then broken down into more and more and more categories. But initially, uh, refuge is broken down into four major points. First, the causes for going for refuge. Second, based on that, the objects to which you go for refuge. Uh, the third is the uh, refuge through commitment. And then the fourth is the uh, um, precepts or the uh, uh, precepts of commitment. So that's the section that we're currently dealing with. Uh, the, actually, I'm sorry, the third point is the way you go for refuge. After the, based on that, the objects of which you go for refuge, it's the way you go for refuge, and then the pledges or commitments. So uh, that's the section that we're currently dealing with. And uh, so now uh, we are under the section, the way you go. Uh, the way you go Lesser. <laughs> Okay, uh, so then when we get into the section on refuge, 
and we get to the specific point of a way you go for refuge, uh, we find that there are four points. Going uh, for refuge by knowing the excellent qualities, going for refuge by knowing the distinctions or the differences, going for refuge by way of commitment, and going for refuge by way of not acknowledging any other's uh, refuges. Uh, so those are the four points. So we've already gone over that first category of going for refuge by uh, knowing the excellent qualities. Uh, the excellent qualities of the Buddha, uh, uh, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and we went uh, through the excellent qualities of the Buddha's body, speech, mind, and enlightened uh, activities. Uh, so we've uh, covered uh, much of that material already uh, in the, um, uh, the various excellent qualities. And then the next section that deals uh, uh, with the various distinctions and so forth, uh, we find that there are six distinctions that are made uh, and points that are made. Um, so these distinctions uh, are the uh, distinctions based on definition, distinctions based on uh, enlightened activities, distinctions based on devotion, distinctions based on practice, distinction based on recollection, and in distinctions based on the increase uh, uh, increase of merit. Uh, so these are the six categories of uh, the, the different distinctions uh, that we've gone over that uh, differentiate the three jewels from one another. Uh, so we've gone over these d uh, distinctions or differences, so now we are currently dealing with going for refuge through c commitment, or through uh, another way you could de uh, define it is through assertion, uh, kalen, to assert. Uh, so it's, uh, and, and I'm asserting this, I'm committing to this, so I'm going for refuge through this assertion. Uh, so now we're on page 189 in English, page top of page 142, uh, in Jadan, uh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Chudu guru, chudu. What the genuine chugu chugu sendi yimare? 
so we begin here in uh, section C, going for refuge through commitment or through assertion. According to uh, Dharma Marmitra's commentary on the Sutra on discipline, going for refuge through commitment means upholding the Buddha as the teacher of refuge, the teaching nirvana as the actual refuge, and the community as those who assist uh, us to attain uh, refuge. So here uh, we begin with the Buddha. Uh, so the Buddha, uh, this is asserting uh, that the Buddha is the ultimate refuge. The Buddha is the one uh, who uh, teaches the teachings that, uh, that the pathways that lead to the higher realms, the pathways that lead to the um, uh, uh, liberation or nirvana, and then those pathways which lead to complete Buddhahood. Uh, so uh, we once one believes that uh, based on practicing these things that the Buddha has pronounced and by way of three different pathways we can achieve these results, uh, we develop a faith in him as we would in uh, a doctor. And we start to look at the Buddha as if the Buddha is a doctor who is able uh, to prescribe us uh, um, our, our, uh, the, the various pathways to lead to the various results. Uh, so this is the first assertion relative to the Buddha, our commitment relative to the Buddha. Uh, so we see the Buddha as a doctor. The next point that's made is the teaching, nirvana. So here nirvana is referring to cessations. And there are various types of cessations uh, and various types of this word nirvana uh, um, is, can be, is liberation and various types of nirvanas. Uh, as there are higher and higher levels of cessations beginning at the path of seeing uh, where we have uh, uh, the um, path of release where the lowest level of a cessation begins to occur. So we have this in uninterrupted path where there is an abandonment of some sort of negativity happening and then a path of release which abandons that path and at that point we have a cessation. Uh, so there are various levels of cessations that work uh, up to the highest level of cessation which is the cessation of the obstructions to omniscience and by abandoning those, one has achieved Buddhahood. But there are also the cessations of the afflictive obstructions and so forth that bind one to just cyclic existence and, and other levels of, of abandonments or cessations that occur along the path, beginning at the path of seeing, at the path of release, on the path of seeing. So uh, this is where we begin to uh, see these cessations happening. Uh, and this is what... It, the nirvana part here is referring to, and it's referring to uh, the Dharma jewel. Uh, so these, the Dharma jewel, these cessations that are occurring uh, uh, in rel through reliance upon uh, various uh, practices to make them occur. Uh, and the final uh, point that's made is the community as those who uh, assist us to attain refuge, the Sangha, those who are aspiring to virtue. Those who are aspiring to virtue are aspiring, aspiring to virtuous, the practices and so forth, the practices that lead to the higher realms, the practices that lead to liberation, the practices that lead uh, to complete Buddhahood. Uh, these uh, um, practitioners... Uh, that follow what the Buddha has taught. So here it says the Buddha is the teacher of refuge. The Sangha members are the followers of what the Buddha has taught, the followers of the pathways which lead to the Dharma jewel, which is the cessation of these at these various levels just mentioned. <coughs> 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 
Ana derdede gözümüz tacijine, en nasat şeyler oldu. Nasat şey ne? En çoğu nasat derece, nasat niye bu mente savuruyoruz? O derdek hevadeki vade nasat niye bu mente cebeyina? Ana ne batıgı mente cebeyina? Nasat anur oldu. Mente çöte lanet cebimde lanet. Demet bu lanet, ne çoğu sambatan, vade şu lanet şu mente varımde. Tanya lanet cebalatene, ana mente savalatene nasat mevarındı. Nasıl mevcutte, hani lanet yazılan balatene, niyem olacak şey duvarın o meva, meva dilim gudeyin lan, marmın gudeyin, gudeyin zorun gudeyin zaten, gudeyin ki, gündüz gündüz la, çalsın soyu, çalsın çalsın soyu güne, çalsın duvarız, daha gündüz çal çal duvarın da duvarı imbare, gündüz kaji gecenci, kaji gecrobo, kamiye taşı sosyal imbare. हम खुद कर सको रहे था नेपाल ये ना महंगा हो रहा है ना हम खुद जबी नेपाल है ना खुद ठाप रहे हैं ना नेपाल साबित हो गए मेहतान में मेहत साबित होता है ना नाचा जागर से मिटा भी हो रहा है ठीक से दिन भरे चुडू सो व्हेन वी बिगिन टू लुक एट द बुद्धा इन द वे ऑफ अ डॉक्टर वी कैन लुक एट इन रेगुलर टर्म्स are diagnosed, uh, we, when we have a sickness of some sort, we go to a doctor. Uh, and uh, if we have a diagnosis of cancer or diabetes, this diagnosis takes place because the doctor knows the nature of the illness that we have. Uh, so the doctor is very clear on the nature of the illness that we have and, and knows exactly what to prescribe in order for us to be free of the illness. Uh, here. Uh, we are bound by our karma and afflictions, uh, afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. And the Buddha uh, is a doctor who is able to prescribe, uh, prescribe exactly what one needs to do to be free from those negativities. So it's for this reason that the Buddha is compared to uh, a doctor. Uh, and then the next point that's made is the pathway. The pathway is compared to medicine. Uh, because by depending upon the path or by relying upon the path, one can be freed from the path that the Buddha has taught. One can be freed from the various afflictions, the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. Uh, so here, this is why the path is compared to the medicine that one takes in order to be freed of the illness. One is freed of the illness of the afflictions and the obstructions and so forth. Uh, and then and lastly, when we look at the, those aspiring to, to virtue or the Sangha jewel, uh, they are uh, sometimes compared to a help, helpful nurse. Uh, when a doctor needs an aid, for instance, uh, uh, um, a nurse comes uh, uh, on board in order to kind of help uh, the patient uh, through the process. Uh, so we can look at the, uh, sangha, uh, the sangha jewel or those aspiring to virtue as those who are our teachers uh, or even those who are just helpful companions uh, to us. Uh, um, when, we're, when we're looking at uh, those who are practicing these pathways uh, and, and so forth. Um, uh, so um, if we reflect on it in this way, we can see that the, the, the Buddha is like a doctor, that the, the Dharma itself is like the medicine, and that the Sangha is like a helpful aid or a help, uh, helpful nurse uh, to help us. That's what I'm saying. 
So when we look at the Four Noble Truths, we can look at this in a similar way. We can look at the so the Four Noble Truths, the superior truth of suffering, the superior truth of cessation, the superior truth of, I'm sorry, superior truth of uh, suffering, superior truth of origin, superior truth of cessation, and superior truth of path. Uh, so we find a quote um, from the uh, Uttara Tantra, the Maitreya Sublime Continuum, uh, that says, recognize you are ill, eliminate the cause of the illness, attain health, rely on a remedy. Likewise, you should recognize, eliminate, attain, and rely upon suffering, its cause, its cessation, the path, respectively. So here, what Lord Maitreya is doing in the Sublime Continuum is showing how, one, the suffering is like an illness, uh, and, and that the... Uh, the cause of the illness is like the, uh, the um, origin of suffering. Uh, so when we're looking at the diagnosis of an Ill illness, one diagnoses it and he or she recognizes that they are ill. So this is compared to the truth of suffering. Then looks for what caused that illness and, and looks to abandon it. Uh, and, the, and this is the, uh, the cause of the illness and this is compared in the uh, Uttara Tantra uh, um, uh, to the um, uh, um, uh, uh, the the cause the cause but in this order it, uh, to the, the cause of suffering or origin of suffering attaining health means being free from the illness that one has been diagnosed of and understands the cause of uh, and here in this case this is um, um, compared to the cessation of suffering so this attainment of health is referring to the attainment of cessation. Uh, and then here it says, uh, re, uh, um, rely on a remedy. And the remedy here is referring to the path, the truth of path. Uh, through relying upon the truth of path, one is able to abandon uh, the negativities, get rid of what causes the suffering by abandoning the afflictive obstructions, by abandoning the obstructions to omniscience, thereby being able to achieve health which is cessation, so uh, the third noble truth. Uh, so this is how um, we can also uh, look at the nature of suffering and so forth and then com compare that then to the previous explanation with the doctor and so forth. Number 
Okay, so this section then deals with going for refuge by refusing to acknowledge other uh, refuges. And Rimshay says this can get tricky. Um, uh, going for refuge by refusing to acknowledge other refuge means understanding the differences between what the Buddha is asserting and what the other religious traditions are asserting and finding what the truth is. So clarifying what this assertion is and what this assertion is and understanding the difference between the two uh, and seeing what the difference between the, the word teacher, meaning the teacher in the Buddhist tradition versus teacher in an other tradition would be. Why this teacher has a, a, a different point to be made than this teacher. I'm sorry if I, that's exactly it. This, this teacher has a different point than this teacher. Uh, so this will, will get into the difference between Buddhism and non-Buddhists uh, and, uh, and some things that, some things of Buddhism are very good and other th uh, some things of other religions are very good and some things of other religions aren't very clear. So this is just a search for the truth within uh, these, the points in comparison. Truth in, truth in comparison. Truth by comparison. That's <laughs> So the, Buddha, so the Buddha himself stated, oh, oh, uh, bhikshus and bhikshunis, uh, please do not just assert that this Buddhism is real because I said it. Make sure that you can establish it by reason and truth. So it's for this reason uh, that we do this. Uh, the Buddha stated, don't just, uh, oh monks and nuns, don't just follow me because of what I say. Establish it by reason and establish it as truth. So if we were to buy gold, if we're not very careful, uh, if we aren't certain of who we're purchasing it from and we're not doing the tests that are necessary, we might have something that is filled with sand on the inside and isn't really solid gold. So it's something that we need to cut and rub and check for accuracy and find out what is true. And this is the point here. <laughs> Yeah. 
等你中日国际生呢，中日国际生呢，当然是东北人生的，当，台湾人生的，当，台湾人都是中日国际嘛的呗，当的，我都是当的了，等呢，都不晓得，我都是当的了，等都不晓得了，中日国际老嘛的
of conviction. Uh, so it's a correct sign of faith of conviction. Um, so one is then uh, um, looking at what the Buddha stated and relying upon the scriptural truths that the Buddha stated. And, and because one has faith and conviction in what the Buddha states, it then becomes a, a truth uh, a, that one can believe in, even though it's an extremely hidden phenomena. So an example of an extremely hidden phenomena, we know we're a human being right now. So it caused a previous life, and it caused some uh, throwing karma and then completing karma in order for us to be having this experience at this moment uh, as a human being. But uh, whose previous, who was throw, uh, creating that previous throwing karma, and in what geographical location was he or she living uh, when they were uh, creating the karma that created this experience, and what time was it, etc., etc., etc. These are extremely hidden phenomenons and not something that we can rely on a correct sign to prove or uh, rely upon any ordinary means for achieving an, uh, a belief in. Uh, so uh, these are the, the different forms of, of phenomena. Uh, the manifest we, we can understand. The hidden, we need a correct sign. But extremely hidden, we have to rely on the faith and conviction in Scripture. Sans <laughs> So we find uh, we can also rely on various signs. So if we were to look uh, at a person, uh, we couldn't say, oh, that person has a good mind uh, or has a positive state of mind or has a negative state of mind. But we can rely upon correct signs, as Dharmakirti says in the uh, commentary on the Compendium of Com Valid Cognition, is if someone's uh, face suddenly becomes very flushed, we can see that that's a sign that they're uh, becoming angry uh, if they're exhibiting this, this physical posture. So this is a correct sign that we can uh, understand the disposition of what's going on inside of uh, somebody. Uh, so this is a, another example of how uh, correct uh, signs are, are used. <laughs> so, for instance, if uh, one 
uh, is uh, acting very compassionately and is a very loving person uh, and seems to care for people a lot, that's a, 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 a correct sign that we can see that they have an internal uh, positive mind. And, and that would be uh, called a resultant, correct sign of result, a dritta, danda, a, a correct design of a result. Uh, and another example of that, we find it again in a commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition by Dharmakirti. He says, if you see in a distant uh, mountain uh, smoke billowing, you can... Uh, ascertain that there's fire there. Uh, so Dharmakirti says that you can use correct, this is a correct sign of result also um, so to establish uh, um, uh, these, these various uh, things. Uh, so uh, one... So how do we know if someone has achieved a state of renunciation that is turned into love, compassion, and bodhicitta? Uh, and we see a correct sign that shows that uh, when they hear of suffering, their eyes well up with water, uh, and the, the, the hairs stand up on their uh, skin uh, when they even hear of suffering. Uh, so this is a, a correct sign that could show that one uh, has this love and compassion and is a, 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 a bodhisattva. So, and then uh, it also says when we look at in relation to uh, the wisdom realizing emptiness, um, uh, it says that uh, if a bodhisattvas who are on the, uh, uh, at least at the path, path of seeing uh, or uh, path of uh, meditation, um, uh, and even begin to speak of emptiness, uh, their eyes uh, well up with tears. So we are able to, uh, we are able to establish through using signs, uh, using correct signs, uh, the various uh, things that would normally be a hidden, hidden to us. Uh, for instance, the examples of the uh, red face uh, and the other examples that were previously given. Uh, we can establish a truth based on those correct signs uh, and s that we were previously went over. Uh, so the, uh, the, the um, uh, a doctor relies upon uh, various uh, um, ways of checking 
uh, in order to, uh, uh, and machinery, uh, in order to diagnose an illness. So this is a, an uh, example of reliance upon uh, correct signs, uh, 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 correct signs through, uh, um, uh, just the rely reliance upon a correct sign. Uh, and this is an inferential valid cognition that he or she arrives at that is true, that is valid, but it is arrived at through the use of signs. And then the scientists have even made uh, metal detectors that are able to uh, go over the ground and then tell if there uh, is gold or something to be found underneath it. They have a machine that they can... I assume Rinpoche is speaking of a metal detector. If I'm wrong on tape, I apologize. But they're able to use a machine to go over the earth to find out if there's gold in it. And this is so these have been examples of uh, correct sign through result. Um, but there are three different types of correct signs. There's uh, correct signs, uh, natural correct signs, or correct signs of nature, uh, the correct signs of result, and then correct signs of conviction or faith and conviction. Uh, and then I asked just for clarification on that, and that is that very extremely hidden phenomenon where you uh, know who your mother is, but your mother's 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 mother's, et cetera, et cetera, where they were, and those difficult points within that fall categorically under uh, something that we have to just have faith in uh, um, uh, by establishing, by being told to us or some sort of paperwork translators know. So it's a faith of conviction in that. Uh, so here now we get into the point that uh, our teacher is Lord Buddha Shaki Muni. Uh, and then it will now we will compare uh, the worth between 
Buddhist uh, uh, teachers, and in this case, the teacher we're speaking of is Buddha Shakyamuni, uh, and the worth of non-Buddhist teachers uh, and so forth, and looking at them uh, by way of their differences and then establishing the superiority of the Buddha as a teacher um, based on correct signs and reasoning uh, and, and proof. So now we'll go through this. So the first point that we can make is that uh, why is uh, this teacher superior? Buddha Shakyamuni has abandoned all of the types of afflictions and their imprints, of abandoned the afflictive obstructions as well as the obstructions to omniscience. Uh, other teachers have not. <laughs> so here the difference uh, between the teachings is is that the Buddha has stated the way to eliminate the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience where the outsiders, which is literal translation for non-Buddhist, it's outsider, shalupa, other than anything other than Buddhist. Uh, so, uh, um, so outsiders' views, um, because the Buddha has taught things, uh, and we find in the Sutra of a Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find there is no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, etc. Uh, these statements that are being made are being made to prove the lack of true establishment of phenomena, the lack of true establishment of the eye, proving them by way of uh, showing that these things are not truly established, have no inherent existence, and merely come together as a collection that serves as a basis of designation for a name, for a nominal designation. But there is no inherently existent this or that outside of that nominal designation that's named on top of a basis of designation that's a collection. So. It is the grasping at things as being, the eye, for instance, as being truly established, which causes the afflictions and so forth. Uh, and so, by realizing the lack of true establishment, one is able to supply, and the Buddha is the one who has supplied us with this antidote, uh, uh, to the negativities which force us uh, um, uh, in, into uh, suffering. Non-Buddhist teachers establish uh, that there is this uh, some singularity of self that abides within this collection that we are in, 
So we have this collection, we have this body, but there is an idea that there's a singularity, there's some inherently existent self, a truly established self of some sort, an Atman or an ego that truly abides that is separate from those parts. Uh, and in the Buddhist view, uh, negates that. And it's because the negation of that true self, true, uh, truly established phenomenon, allows for the negation of all forms of suffering and uh, obstructions to all knowing. So the reason for this sutra stating there's no eye, no ear, no nose, it's because the mistaken view that believes that there is a truly established uh, any among those uh, that grasps at them causes the afflictions, which causes us to have action or karma, and then produces suffering. So we find this difference in that this grasping at true establishment is the root of our samsara, the root of cyclic existence. Uh, and, and by grasping at this true establishment, we then create the afflictions uh, and the karma, and we're bound to ex cyclic existence. And this is why. Uh, Non-Buddhist, uh, or the outsider's belief, is that all of these things are created by a Shiva, or created by some external god uh, that is making it happen. And this is a very big distinction between the Buddhist philosophy and non-Buddhist philosophy, in that the Buddhist philosophy is stating that our grasping is creating all of these things, whereas the uh, uh, experience, every experience, uh, whereas non-Buddhists uh, posit some sort of external creator of them. <coughs> In some way. Hindu <laughs> Shape. Dunjinupa <laughs> 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 
progressively uh, uh, happens. Um, so it's, it doesn't just spontaneously all arise, like the Rinpoche said in the forest, the trees are slowly growing and so forth. Uh, so there's a, uh, an, almost an architect, if you will, behind it. Um, I'm looking for a better word and I don't have it. So there's almost like, a, uh, these are the three proofs that, um, uh, that, that Shiva has, has, has created, or the, the Hindus posit that the creation theory, the, the posit that there is a creator. Time for cookies. Remember, it's what the Shiva was done at all. You should get guarded at Jesus or to Solenner. You should now number now Chulu to Congolo, brutal demon of yours. And you should choose in a Melchapentovis. So this isn't a point where we're starting to say that other religions are not good. This isn't the point that we're making here. Uh, when we look at Christianity and the multiple benefits that Christianity and the worship of God and Jesus and, and so forth have done, there are common points that are very, very good. We are looking right now at the differences. So there are many common points, but right now we're not looking at those. We're looking at the differences. Love, compassion, and the uh, desire to help other people is amazing uh, the way that uh, um, uh, um, Christian practitioners uh, engage. It's amazing how they engage in these <coughs> So right now we're speaking about the tenet systems of religions right now and the differences. So when we're saying uh, the Buddhist uh, is superior because of these tenet systems and differences, uh, we are just looking at those specific points. You have to know what the nature of what the, a teacher of Buddhism is. What is a teacher of Hinduism? What is a teacher of uh, Christianity? What is a teacher of, I think, Judaism? What is their nature? What is that? Then once you know that, then you can use your own awareness or intelligence and start applying logic and reasoning and correct signs. Tabata 
Tabi garajin yuvarız. Tabi 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 lanşe yuvarız. Tabi lanşe bala dembajetan dembajitan otuzuşe yuvarız. Tam da latin maduşe tuğmarız. Marbe dünyayı lanşe bala ya tam da kuvarız. Anne ne asunu cüdan anne dünyayı lan otuzukunlu tam da la madineşe yuvarır marbe. Dünyayı lanşe so we find, I wanted to get the exact quote, but in uh, Chandrakirti's Madhyamika Avatara, uh, we find that uh, the, the use of, of debate is not for the point of just defeating uh, uh, um, one's opponents. One shouldn't be uh, utilizing this philosophical fro approach for the uh, point of defeating uh, outsiders' views. They should be used for the point of achieving uh, the, uh, um, uh, the, the uh, liberation uh, and uh, uh, omniscience. So these are for the, these debates are for the point of this. This dialogue and analysis is the, for the point of understanding. Uh, um, how we achieve freedom from cyclic existence. So how does one achieve cessation? One relies upon a path. So what is a path? And so one then analyzes what a path is and what the nature of a path is and what are the Four Noble Truths and what are the nature of the Four Noble Truths and what are the Two Truths and what are the nature of the Two Truths uh, and, and what are the causes of the lower realms of cyclic existence and what are the causes of the higher realms of cyclic existence. So this dialogue is for the point of finding truth and not for the point of defeating opponents or, or some kind of arrogance. I think in here it, it speaks of pride. It's not for the point of pride or arrogance or defeating or, or an opponent. It's for achieving a, a, a truth. And you can look it up. It's in here in the Majimika Avatara. I apologize if I misquoted it, but that's the, the pith of the meaning uh, is that we, we should be doing this for the point of... of, of understanding these pathways and so forth, and that's why we're looking at these tenets and comparing the tenets. That's <laughs> So there is no problem here, though, where we find this uh, um, defeating of various tenet systems of non-Buddhist traditions because it happens in Buddhist traditions. We have four tenet systems in Buddhism. We have the Vabhashika school, which is called the Great Exposition School. We have the Satrantika school, which is called the Sutra school. We have Chittamantran school, which is the mind-only school. And we have Madhyamaka school, which is the middle way school. The middle way school negates the mind-only school. The mind-only school negates the Sutra school. The Sutra school negates the Great Exposition school. So even within Buddhist tenet systems, we find, based on the various affinities, these tenets that differ. So there's no problem. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so when we look at just a simple pervasion, the subject I am not truly established because I dependently originate. We just negated the middle way autonomy school, the middle way, uh, the mind only school, the sutra school, and the great exposition school. Just by making that one provision. The subject I is not truly established because of dependent origination. Now, the middle way uh, consequent school and the middle way autonomy school both assert the lack of true establishment. But what they assert that lack of true establishment is, is different. The way that the differences between the consequentialists and the autonomous is that the autonomists assert that there is a connection uh, between the establishment of the subject and object. So when we, uh, it takes both the comings to, together of from the, the side of uh, uh, the the um, uh, the, the Ranjupa, the, the Nigu, Okay. So the the middle way autonomy school says that there is an I. Uh, but it depends upon these aggregates and so forth coming together. So it needs, there is, in order for uh, this establishment to take place, there, there is this I that then connects with these aggregates, and then there is this, this being. Uh, whereas the consequence school only asserts that there is a collection that serves as a basis for a name. And that there isn't an I and a, an aggregates that coming together making something. There is just a collection that's named. Uh, so this is the distinction in the lack of true establishment. The autonomy school says it is not truly established because it takes the I and the aggregates coming together. Uh, but it takes these two sides according to the autonomy school, whereas the uh, uh, consequentialists merely say it's a name, imputation. It's a subtle... So, the Shandarashita and Baba Vega both held these autonomy school, middle way autonomy school views, where they stated that there was this coming together uh, of these two to, in order for uh, uh, um, an emergence, if you will. 
so there is a necessity of these coming to two uh, for an emergence and that they weren't truly established because of this. Rawang and Drupa Yurubay. So that, but there was some independence uh, in the, in, there is some uh, independent establishment uh, in, in, that is, they are negating the lack of true establishment, but there is some independent establishment taking place because the two are coming together. So there's independent, two independent establishments coming together that make a lack of true establishment. Um, but there is, in the middle way, in the middle way uh, consequence school, there isn't this idea of this uh, dual uh, necessity. So the, uh, the, the aggregates are merely imputed. Uh, the aggregates don't have this, this separate uh, um, um, uh, inherent establishment of some sort or intrinsic establishment. They are merely a collection that's named according to the consequentialists. So they, the consequentialists don't say there's any substance there of this or that. There is merely a name being placed on this basis of designation. So if we have a mirror, we can look and we can see a, a, a reflection or a picture. Uh, so the, is, the, is the face in the mirror or is the face the face that's reflecting? So we say that it, it's not me there, it's based on a, a collection that comes together and then is named this reflection as I, I see myself. So uh, when we uh, look at the uh, looking, grasping at the a rope uh, as a snake, for instance, it's the very same thing as grasping uh, at as the eye as having some sort of intrinsic existence um, or as uh, having some true establishment. It is the fact that the rope uh, is not a snake and that the eye is not truly established that undoes that. <laughs> The only difference here is that there is an incorrectly established designation when we're looking at the rope uh, uh, and and uh, the snake. So when we're looking at 
the uh, establishing as a collection, for instance, uh, and we're uh, um, looking at the a rope uh, uh, and we're establishing it through uh, naming it as a snake. Um, when we look, when do this in the case of the eye, we're not misnaming it. it so the name is correct um, in the case of the naming of the eye. Uh, and that's the different. That is a diff That is a part of a difference when we look at those examples, because the the nominal designation as the rope is a snake is a, is wrong. It's not a correct name, but the name is correct when we name the eye based on the basis of designation. So that's not a mistaken name. Uh, it's just mistaken if it's other than that. So the name isn't mistaken. Um, it's correct correctly naming it, uh, whereas in the rope and the snake, it's not correctly naming it. So that w the, the, the understanding that recognizes that the rope is a rope and not a snake abandons and acts as an opponent to the grasping at the rope as a snake. So we're able to establish by valid cognition that the rope uh, is not a, a snake, it is merely a rope. So Rimache uh, so is establishing the uh, naming by correct names by uh, showing how the imputation uh, also has to be the correct imputation for the basis of de designation. So uh, it, the various factors and details which allow one to assert that this is a, a, base na a valid name for this or that depends upon the details that uh, come together in order to be nominally designated as such. <laughs> So then when we look at uh, a mistaken valid cognition re relative to the observing a rope as a snake, a non-mistaken valid cognition is that recognizes that it's a rope is what needs to occur uh, in order to subdue that grasping or mistake. If I believe that I am truly established, um, so we can sh prove by a, a, a established valid cognition uh, that we are not uh, truly established uh, by by established by established uh, by by valid cognition. What the you are, 
So there are three, three points, I'm going to need to look these up, but they're basically establishing the, that it is a correct name for a correct basis. Uh, and there are, are qualifying factors for doing so. I'm going to need to look them up. I don't want to just make something up. But they're uh, establishing natures uh, to prove that something uh, is validly named as it, it should be named as it is. So for instance, it, the rope being a snake doesn't meet the qualifications for it to be valid cognition. Uh, whereas the naming of I uh, um, is a correct name because it meets the uh, uh, qualifications for it to be a valid cognition, a, a name, a valid name, a valid cognition name. Uh, we get to this, uh, these, th okay, so in the third volume of the great treatise on the stages of the path, we'll find, you can find this, in the special insight section, which is a great read. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so then you can get to that section and then you'll find, be able to um, understand and, and, and see that what we're speaking about is similar to what is uh, um, in the Lamrim Chemo. So you'll, you'll find the, the material, how to establish the correct naming in that section. So, so the Buddhist uh, teacher is superior to the outsider instruction um, because uh, they, Buddhist is able to get rid of the afflictive obstructions and obstructions to omniscience and uh, the, the other non-Buddhist traditions still have this grasping at true establishment or grasping at an eye of some sort. Uh, so here is a distinction that we're making to show superiority. Uh, so, uh, so now the distinction of the teacher, 189, uh, begins. <laughs> Ta Cheaper. 
Okay, so the distinction of the teacher. The Buddha is without fault and has perfected all good qualities. So the Buddha has gotten rid of all of the afflictive obstructions. The Buddha has gotten rid of the obstructions to omniscience. So has gotten rid of all uh, negativities, has no faults whatsoever, and has the perfection of every excellent quality. Uh, so here is the first point that's made. Um, but the teachers of other religions are the opposite of this. So there is not uh, an om uh, a being, uh, an outsider's view, uh, that uh, will uh, allow that outsider to reach the state of omniscience, uh, to get rid of all faults, uh, and to perfect uh, all good qualities. Um, so therefore, uh, it says uh, they're the opposite of this because it's not possible to abandon these afflictive obstructions and obstructions to omniscience, which the Buddha can. Uh, and then we find a quotation from uh, who? Uh, Udbhata Siddha Vaman's praise of the exalted, I'm not going to even try, Visesa Sattva. Praise to all those Sanskrit readers out there, I just want to say, who are watching on video. I really admire you. Having forsaken other teachers, I go to you for refuge, O Bhagavan. If someone should ask why, it is because you have no faults and possess all good qualities. Uh, so this is just a, a quote of homage to Buddha uh, uh, stating the same points. ちょっとパドルドルパドル。で、タムチロカタムはロス。だ、サジン、サジンに注意めるそのにもまた指示で見てよまで。ポンサブです。男子ごとは。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと
So if one has these afflictive obstructions and has this grasping at true establishment and afflictions, then uh, one does not have all good qualities. The more I reflect on other non-Buddhist traditions, the greater becomes my faith, O protector. Their minds are ruined by faults of tenets devised by those who are not omniscient. Those whose minds are ruined cannot even see you, faultless teacher. Uh, so uh, then now we get into the difference of the teaching. Shiba <laughs> So there's a story of uh, two brothers who were non-Buddhist uh, practitioners who wanted to go uh, make offering to Shiva. Uh, so they climbed the mountain where they knew that Shiva was abiding and wanted to make an offering uh, to Shiva. So when they arrived there to make the offering to Shiva, they saw that Shiva was actually praying and going for refuge to Lord Buddha at that time uh, when they got there. So that inspired within them the faith in Lord Buddha, and then they converted immediately to Buddhism because they saw that their teacher they were making offerings to was praying to Buddha. And then they became Buddhists. Oh, and then they wrote many uh, um, uh, um, texts about Buddhism. Uh, so now with the Dalai Lama's teaching of the going on, there's a lot of different commentaries uh, um, that are coming into English now that we're going to be able to... The, South India, South India. In, the teaching in South India that Dalai Lama gave. So there's a lot of the commentaries that were utilized and our uh, points are pulled out of um, from. So we'll have more material. There's five books. 
Lali Chabuji. The great treatise on the stage of the path. The medium stages. Mamadukta. Sirting. The liberation in the palm of your hand as well by Pabunka. Oh, so uh, I only have, uh, I've called Goa Kamsen to get the books uh, that the Dalai Lama has uh, been utilizing. I only have, so that we can use those as well. That'll be helpful. <laughs> some of them are in English now, too, so the in printable formats and so forth, so we'll be able to all, it's really an amazing thing happening. So these uh, teachers who were initially uh, um, non-Buddhists uh, changed their minds and then uh, um, we, uh, uh, we find this in the, um, uh, in the texts, this story of these two who then went on to write many Buddhist uh, texts um, because of this uh, um, experience that they had. So when we look at the praise of the exalted one, we find uh, the distinction in the teacher that the distinction is that the the uh, Buddha has abandoned all faults, has has uh, re achieved all excellent qualities. Um, and, and the more that one reflects on this, the one can see that the non-Buddhist traditions uh, 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 um, are not as superior. And then we find the examples of uh, um, uh, the, those two uh, disciples uh, who went uh, to the mountaintop to make an offering to Shiva and then saw Shiva going for refuge even to the Lord Buddha because of not having abandoned all faults and not having all excellent qualities. Uh, so the uh, um, uh, point made here is that 
the teacher is faultless, without fault. ตาตาตาตาตาเจมีบีกุติจูจูลาเซนลาเซนเซนซาลานจูเจมีบีตั้มบะเจจอมตงอสตะเจบะบาเตเรนดัวอือฮึตาปกุญีเตกอปกุญ
So this was written after, okay, so this came from the Dalai Lama's teaching. Uh, and this was written after these students recognized the excellent qualities of the Buddha. After going to the mountaintop to see Shiva and make an offering, Shiva making offerings to the Buddha. Uh, this was then written uh, by the, these uh, these two brother non-Buddhist brothers. That Konyega Medijin is Yolo La Chita Chita Nansambas Medijin Shribi the Pichamamboyjuro. That is the Lojanji Nansal Tandu Chita Chita Ne Gunchulu Sanjil Teba Yondus. So once you start to look at many many different non-Buddhist tenets and understand what they're saying and then compare them. The faith in the Lord Buddha will be strengthened. So here uh, it says, the, this talks of this faultless uh, teacher, and it says that if one is following a tenant, not devised by a being that is omniscient, then there's faults in it. Uh, there's a corruption and it ruins the mind in a way that it corrupts it into wrong view uh, because it is not an omniscient being who is giving the correct tenets. Uh, so here uh, it says, cannot see even you faultless teachers. So couldn't even see that the teacher was faultless because of the perverted tenets that they are following. <laughs> So here, the can't even see the faultlessness of the instruction, can't see the faultlessness of the instructor because of the perverted tenets they believe. So this is it. So the Buddha is faultless, but an outsider can't even see this because of their view. So this faultlessness of Lord Buddha, the abandonment of all of these negativities, can't be seen. So, Hmm. 
So in uh, the Bodhicharavatara, we find that those with these uh, perverted views, uh, who can't see the excellent, maybe not from Shantideva, who can't see the excellent qualities, uh, uh, um, uh, those with perverted views won't even be able to see the excellent, uh, those with perverted views that do not know of excellent qualities will not even see them if they are in front of them. Tembichabas, Long <laughs> Okay. Okay, so when now we're going to look at the distinction of teaching or uh, dharma, uh, the distinction of the, the teaching itself. Um, so, uh, where are we? Uh, so, what is the, the, uh, when we look at the different teachings, we have uh, scriptural truth and realizational truth. So, we begin there. Uh, so, scriptural truth is referring to the teachings, any among the three baskets of pronouncements of Lord Buddha. The, Abhid the, the Abhidharma basket, the Vinaya basket, and the Sutra basket. Wrong order, sorry. So, those three baskets are the uh, pith of the uh, scr uh, uh, scriptural truth. Uh, if we look at realizational truth, uh, um, we're speaking of paths. The three highest higher trainings, the highest higher training in ethics, concentration, and wisdom. Uh, so these are the realizational doctrines. And then we have uh, 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 scriptural <coughs> turning of the wheel, and we have realization of, the wheel, uh, of Dharma also. But if we apply this uh, uh, scriptural truth and realizational truth to, for instance, the Christian tradition, we would say that the scriptural truth would be the Bible. Uh, that would be the pronouncements of, Jesus, of God, Jesus, etc. That would be the scriptural uh, truth. The realizational truth would be the practices of what the Bible says. Um, so that would be how we would relate scriptural truth and realizational truth to non-Buddhist tradition. So when we're speaking of the teaching, uh, in, our, in this specific case, the scriptural truth are the three baskets of the Vinaya uh, uh, Sutra and Abhidharma. What the number of the little children, Najin, the children, but 
So we can, when we look at Buddhism and, and non-Buddhists, we can uh, see there's similarities that in ways that we can compare. And then the Hindu texts. So then the Hindu text, the, uh, the, the actual text would be the, the scriptural truth, and the practice of those texts, the impl uh, implementation of those texts would be the realizational truth for the Hindus, Sasha. So we are out of time, and I thank everyone for coming. Everyone listened very well. Thank you so much. <laughs> Don't forget, Tuesday, it's the first Tuesday of the month, right? Tuesday, you are. <laughs> so Tuesday, we have uh, our continuation of the uh, source of all my good. Lama Tsongkhapa's Foundation of All Good Qualities. Rinpoche is doing a very in-depth analysis of that very short poem and he is utilizing the outline of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment as well as the teacher's lamp to explain it. So it's a very beautiful teaching and I uh, hope to see everybody on Tuesday. And now we will make uh, final dedication prayers. Well, what's that? Oh good. And on the 24th of this month uh, we have a White Tara initiation. Uh, that is at Sunday normal time, correct? At 3 o'clock. Uh, so very important uh, for our center's longevity and as, as many people as can come, uh, please do. Uh, White Tara Long Life Initiation is a very, very powerful uh, permission practice. So, And it gives you permission then to do the actual practices of White Tara. So. Uh, now we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. And again, thank you everybody for coming uh, and for keeping this tradition alive. Because in sometime in this world system, there will be no Dharma in the world. And uh, we are here and it's here. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I've collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. Better dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. Surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Jatso, Samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensu Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.